out of that incident, it just showed, it just demonstrated that they're no different than we are. They're no different than the average employee who has difficulty managing relationships with tough situations. Welcome to the Twins Talk It Up podcast, where my identical twin brother and I share our thoughts and provide solutions for executives and professionals who want to become masters of speaking and communicating so that they can maximize their influence and impact. Yes, we are identical twins who happen to also be public speakers, executive coaches, and sales leaders. Our company, DSP Leadership Group, focuses on equipping leaders who want to speak with confidence and authority, all while using their authentic voice. Here on the Twins Talk It Up podcast, we present topics about communication and leadership from our perspective as individuals and as twins. Welcome to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. Do you know how to manage conflict? Can you effectively communicate with your peers, with your boss, without placing blame, being overcome with anger, visibly frustrated, or have that need to win or feel justified? By now, you may have seen or heard what has been deemed as the smack heard around the world. We are talking about the altercation between Will Smith and Chris Rock at the 2022 Oscars. The incident caused an uproar as what may have started off as one of the least watched Oscars instantly became one of the most talked about Oscars. Where was the music with the lyrics? Moving with his auntie and uncle in Bel Air. We can have a difficult time getting along with those that cause us anxiety, that may frustrate us. It can bring about fear. It can trigger primal fight or flight in all of us. We fight because we want to argue. We fight because we resist. We fight because we want to feel justified. But then there might be times when we want to flee. We run away because we don't want the conflict or we don't believe that person can ever change or that person really isn't listening. While we can't go around in our organization slapping everyone who doesn't agree with us, we can improve this ability to listen and move past this instinctual desire or this sense to preserve who we are and strive for common goals, a healthy workplace environment, this is what we can do going forward. Our next guest is well-suited for this topic. In his niche, with training organizations on how to communicate and work with difficult people, Eric Williamson is a business coach, a conflict resolution consultant, and he is the author of How to Work with Jerks, Getting Stuff Done with People You Can't Stand. Eric, welcome to Twins Talk It Up. Oh, David, what a wonderful introduction. Thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here, man. From time to time, as uh, my brother and I are speaking, you're always going to hear one of us say, this is Daniel or this is David. But if you don't hear who is speaking, if it sounds like it's a great question, or it sounds amazing, is more likely going to be Danny. So, Eric, before we dive into your book, and this is this is like we call that work mode, right, Dave? This work, this work co-worker thing. But Eric, before we dive into your book and the work that you're doing in your training and your coaching on how you navigate difficult conversations, like more like a contract hostage or employee negotiator, right? One of those type of things. Go, Eric, bring him on down. You gotta solve this problem quick. <laughs> Tell us your initial thoughts on the incident from the Oscars. Oh, man. Well, Danny, when I first 
heard about the situation. I didn't even watch the Oscars, um, but I did catch the highlights. And at first I thought it was a joke. I think some people did as well. Uh, but then I learned more. I realized that it was real. It was real. And it took me some time to process because I'm a big fan of Will Smith. And I would say my first reaction was that I was disappointed and I was shocked to see him react that way, just from a conflict management um, angle. And his actions, they reminded me of what, what I talk about in my book, basically when it regards to the dangers of what happens, when you allow your emotions to get the best of you, because it doesn't matter how smart, talented or gifted or famous you are. Um, if you allow your emotions to get the best of you, you can make those kind of impulsive responses and the consequences, they can be dire. And as you can see, all the attention is being credited to the slap heard around the world instead of his Oscar win. And that's unfortunate. That is very unfortunate. This is Danny again, and you're absolutely correct. I think a lot of people look at what Will Smith did. I, I wanna take a look at what Chris Rock did. You know, it's you can tell a person who's new compared to someone who's a veteran. And I think yeah. it also works in the business world. When, when a person panics, how do you react? And so when, when he was slapped, he had braced himself with his foot. Yeah. And when he got slapped, he turned his hand into a fist like he was going to hit the person back. But then he stopped and then kind of made a joke out of it and then went, went back onto his script. And so when I think about the business world, you have two types of people. One person who could come on and everything makes them panic. They stress about it. They call everybody. Oh, we're going to lose this deal. Oh, what's going on? Marketing, reach out to me. And then you have the season veteran. Hey, calm down. Right. We've been through this before. All right, team, here's what we need to do. Here's how we're going to move forward. Here's how we salvage the opportunity. So that's, I, I like that we were looking at that conflict, but at the same time, you could say who was a seasoned veteran and who didn't allow their emotions to take control. So tell us, Eric, do you feel like in a business conflict situation that it helps to have one person, at least one person who's a veteran who can understand how not to let the emotions take control when it comes to conflict resolution? <laughs> Oh yeah, well, first of all, Dana, I really appreciate what you said about Chris Vaught because I noticed the same thing, his same response, but it definitely helps to have at least one person have that cooler head because if you don't, then who knows what could have happened? I mean, especially in that situation, it could have been a brawl, right? Could have been much worse, but in the workplace situation, now you're talking about nothing's getting done. Now you've got two people bickering or out of control and just losing um, lo losing their focus on what should be what sh what should be going on, which is the focus at hand, which is whatever that deliverable is. So once you have that one person who's got that calm, cool, and collective um, attitude, it really helps bring the situation back to focus on what's most important. Eric, this is David, and I'm glad you brought that up. And Dan is so wise into integrating what happened at the Oscars to what happens in our workplaces. And we talk about microaggression. You may not have someone so obvious just walk up to you and slap you at work, right. but you might feel like you're attacked at work all the time when people are being aggressive or people might have aggressive language or aggressive behavior or attitude. And so that, that goes on there. I, I want to also go back here, and I don't want to dive too much into the Oscars here, but I will say that I had so much emotion, uh, and, I, and I felt like from the very beginning this was staged. It felt like it was staged. It looked like it was staged. Then it made me think, wait a second there might be some challenges of mental health here. What would make someone snap? You know, these comedians like Chris Rock are paid to be crude and to walk that fine line. And typically when you're being roasted or you're being addressed, 
maybe there's some truth behind some of those jokes. But for him to just react the way he did, I thought to myself, wow, there's a lack of control here. He lost it. What made him just snap like that? What was being built up in his life or built up in his mind that would make him just go up and forget that he was there in front of millions of people and just go and behave the way he did? And and I felt bad. And then for, for those of us that have had access or have been starting to listen to Will Smith's book, you might say, okay, I got clues. I, I can figure out why he acted this way. Maybe his whole life he felt like he was a coward. He wasn't going to be a coward because when he's on camera, he don't, he don't have to worry about that because he's the man. But when he's just right there face-to-face -face with another man or another threat, so to speak, he's got to act up now. It's time to act up. And, and I don't know. I'm not trying to justify Will Smith. I believe that 100% he was wrong to act the way he did. Now, I think that for guys like Chris Rock, yes, they all skirt the line because that's their job. They're supposed to push your buttons. They're supposed to make you emotional. They're supposed to get you fired up. Maybe he could have been a little bit more tactful in how he did it. But I think what's important here is that for all of us, we could debate back and forth who did this, who did that. But for the workplace, if we're really honest, this takes place all the time. And do we want to go to HR every time someone's coming and attacking us or someone says they don't like our work or, or someone feels like they didn't like the way we dress? What are the things we need to do? So this is kind of why I wanted to have you on today, Eric, because this is perfect timing to really discuss these topics. So when you look back at what happened over a week ago here, when you look back at the situation, what's amazing is that Chris Rock says he's still processing. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we want reactions right away. How did you feel about that report? What happened in that meeting? Why did this happen? Why didn't you close that deal? We don't give people time to just process what's happening in there. They're, they're in a world of shock. So this is why we're here. We spend an incredible amount of focus on one incident, but we fail to realize these happen. These things happen all the time in the workplace. And we've got to create the right corporate culture that values openness, that values input, that values a sense of empathy and listening in order for this to change. So I'm not going to get too much into that right now, but I just want to say, Eric, I thought it was a joke. I look back, I felt sad. I felt like I was being slapped because <laughs> I felt like we're not making the progress we need to make professionally. And then I go back and say, wait a second. No, there's an opportunity here. Where's the opportunity? We learn, we grow, and we apply this in the workplace. We say, look, this needs to change. We've talked about it with racial diversity in the NFL and the workplace. We talked about when bringing on more diversity when it comes to women and minorities and African-Americans. Hey, these things are happening. Guess what? It's time to keep talking about it. So that's what I took away from the incident last week. Wow. Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, and I think, you know, I'll just touch on one last thing about that. I think if anything we've learned from this incident is that Will Smith, I mean, he is a mogul, right? He is, he's a movie star, right? A rapper, a movie star, Chris Rock, a famous comedian, an actor, right? Both famous in their own right. But out of that incident, it just showed, it just demonstrated that they're no different than we are. They're no different than the average employee who has difficulty managing relationships with tough situations in the workplace. So if anything, I think people can take away, like, you know what? I wanted to do the same thing to that person in, in accounting that acted that way to me or to my boss who did something, you know, who did something. But, hey, I didn't smack that person, though. You know, so it, it really it really bridges the gap a little bit. It makes them a little bit more approachable, I think. We'll be right back after this short break. We want to thank our sponsor for today's episode. Live, love, thanks. 
Live Love Thanks helps purpose-driven women leaders, executives, and entrepreneurs to permanently eliminate clutter and end stress and overwhelm so they can move forward in their careers, relationships, and health. Visit LiveLoveThanks.com for impactful coaching and program professional women. I am delighted to announce that App Meetup's customers can now benefit from the presentation and speaking training courses with our integration and partnership with DSB Leadership Group. DSB Leadership Group is committed to providing training and resources to support professionals becoming more effective communicators and increase their impact and value. And that is the reason why App Meetup and DSB Leadership Group have formed a partnership to make sure that our MSPs, which is you, can be effective and powerful speakers in the community. Whether you are hosting a major conference, a specialized training, or a year-end corporate event, finding the right keynote speaker or breakout speaker should be at the top of your priority list. Partner with Elite Speaker Services to book speakers according to your specifications and needs. Elite Speaker Services has the depth of speakers and the experience to bring you peace of mind and a successful event. Go to EliteSpeakerServices.com for all your event needs. Let us deliver the message your audience needs to hear. Let us deliver beyond your expectations. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. As a special thank you, we have an amazing offer for our listeners. 20% off products or services on our website. Just send us an email with the subject line podcast and we will send you that special discount code at dsbleadershipgroup.com. And now, let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to Twins Talk It Up podcast. I'm totally 100% with you guys on this. This is a... um... Man, this is, a, this is something we're going to talk about for a long time, a long time. But for those individuals who did not watch what happened, we're going to dive into this topic at this moment that I believe, without a doubt, is the reason why we have Eric on today. So let's go back to the business world, right? We spent a lot of time, incredible amount of time managing conflict, having difficult conversations in the workplace. There's going to be some alpha, alpha dogs in there. There are going to be some people that are like, look, I just want to be left alone, do my job, check in, check out. You're going to have some type A players. I mean, there's all sorts of personalities in the workplace. And this can cause a lot of conflict. It can cause uh, impact in, in, in people's what we call energy, their morale, their productivity. All this can happen. And we know from statistics that people leave the workplace not because what they do is bad. They love their job, maybe. It's because of leadership. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of times they're always saying, hey, I left not because of the job. I left because of my manager. Or I left because of the direction that my leadership was taking us. And I didn't agree with it. Or I didn't like it. Eric, let's talk about your book because your book is called How to Work with Jerks. That's right, audience. How to Work with Jerks. Getting stuff done with people you can't stand. Right? Oh, my gosh. If there's a title that's going to say, I need to go pick that book up right now, that's this title. How to Work with Jerks, Getting Stuff Done with People You Can't Stand, because that is every single day. Eric, please talk a little bit about your book, but what inspired you to write this book and why make it so personable? Because really, that title's personal. The book is personal. I mean, please speak to that statement of why this title and why this book. 
Yeah, I'm happy to do that, man. You just reminded me, somebody who asked me about my title, he said, hey, what person pissed you off to, for you to write that book? And I just fell out laughing because it's like, you know what, it, it, it was a personal book, but I think it's personal in the sense that it touches us all, such a pervasive okay. issue. And I like to tell people that I was an expert jerk who turned jerk expert. And so when I got my first job, I'll just briefly tell you the story. When I got my first job, I was assigned a mentor and my mentor obviously was trying to show me how to do the, show me the ropes and how to do my job. But see, I didn't see it that way. I saw it as my mentor trying to tell me how to do my job. And so one day I said to her, I said, who do you think you are trying to tell me how to do my job? Don't you know I graduated with honors from one of the best schools in the country? I'm perfectly capable of doing this job on my own. And at that moment, she, she left me alone. She left me alone. And as a result, my work suffered and I almost got fired. And that's what happened when I damaged that relationship um, because I was the jerk. My ego became my amigo. Mm. And but later on in life, I worked for bosses and other people who were jerks as well. And they made my life miserable. My performance suffered. I wanted to leave. And I realized that it's such a pervasive issue because not only can it hurt your professional career, but it can also cause health issues. It can ruin your life if you don't handle it the right way. And so this inspired me to help people work with jerks and prevent them from becoming one themselves. Because it's, sometimes we don't know that we're, how we're responding. We don't have the skills that we need in order to build those relationships. And I thought that that was the critical factor what sets people apart. So I said, you know what? Let me come up with a roadmap to help people in these situations. That way they don't have to leave their job. They don't have to smack people silly. You know, they don't have to do any of those other things. They can manage the situation professionally um, and, with, um, and, and, and with great um, experience, they can do that. Eric, this is David. I'm so glad you bring that up. And, and thank you for being so forthright about the way you responded when you first, you know, became a professional workplace, realizing that when you look back, I was the person I didn't want to be. And that speaks so true to a lot of people that say, well, I was bullied my whole life. I was bullied my whole life. I was this, I was this. And then they end up becoming the very thing they hated. Or my boss treated me this way. I'll never treat people this way. And I'll never be mean to people. I'll always value people. But then you become the boss. And then you do exactly the thing that you said you hated. And uh, I love that you said, my ego became my amigo. <laughs> that is so awesome. I love that. So you know, we're putting the finger right there on the pain. The truth is you're the ego. You're the reason why you're the way you are. You're the reason why this is not changing. And, and so I want to talk a little bit more about workplace environments, how they can become toxic, how to have great conversations. And so while it may not be glaring, glaringly obvious for other people, but when you're in the midst of having these tough talks, you say you're the leader or you are the manager, you know, these talks have to happen. You want to not be the bearer of bad news, you've got to do it. But how can a leader, Eric, gain awareness and respond appropriately when he or she knows they have to deliver bad or challenging news? How can they become more aware of that situation and how they're going to address the people that they've got to speak with? That's a great question, man. I would say that it starts with creating a culture and, and creating a safe environment where people are acknowledged, respected, and appreciated. To me, it all starts at the top. If you can't cultivate that kind of environment and make people feel safe, 
then you're going to have all these issues. It's going to be tough to convey bad news. It's going to be tough to deal with tense situations. It's going to be tough to handle microaggressions because there's no leadership. People don't know how to respond in those situations, and they just respond based on how they're feeling. And so I think that psychological safety is absolutely critical to innovation, inclusion, but especially, especially retention right now during what we call, what do we call the great resignation? Is that what it is right now? Yeah. Um, so leaders, they got to set the tone. And you can't be afraid to call these instances out and address the behavior. Um, you have to be proactive. You have to be able to assess your team and the climate, what's going on. So in my book, I call this keeping your head on a swivel. So that means being able to assess the situation, being able to understand what the, what the climate is like, what the tone is like, um, assessing whether your team is engaged. How are they feeling during the situation? How are they performing? Um, how are you leveraging those one-on-one -on -one conversations? And I'm not talking about, and, and Dana, you may know to this, and David, I, I'm sure you, you're aware of this. You know, when you have those one-on-one -on -one conversations, a lot of people think, oh yeah, I talked about, about how their project is going. We talked about work stuff, but you could be using it for so much more to help address what you just said, Dan, um, Danny, David. Um, and that is talking about asking some emotionally charged questions that spark curiosity and engagement. So for example, you know, what's got you frustrated the most about this project or this situation? Um, what are you looking forward to the most out of this week? Not only are you gonna get some honest answers, but you're gonna get more engagement and you're going to be able to really assess how someone is feeling and you can have the, you can do a proper pulse check on really what the situation might be going through. And that's a proactive approach to address problems before they occur. This is David, by the way, Eric, I'm gonna jump in real quick because you, you, you started alluding to something that, that struck me here. And I wanna throw this at you to get a little bit more granular. You said asking questions, having a spirit of curiosity. I, I believe that as leaders, if we are more curious, we're going to ask questions to uncover, questions to understand, questions that in a way puts us in their shoes so that we can connect with them first. And then once we have that connection, we can then help them to understand or assess what that challenge or that problem is. You said asking questions. Um, can you tell me what exactly you're thinking? Tell me what you're feeling. Tell me what kind of outcome you're hoping for. What would be an acceptable solution? What is it you want me to understand? That's what I think are questions of empathy, questions of discovery, questions that pique curiosity. Um, what, what other things are you training managers to do to display empathy? Or are there a certain set of questions that you're, in, you're making sure that they use in their toolbox? You know, David, one of my favorite, one of my favorite questions to ask, it always starts with, Help me understand. Mm. Help me understand what you may be feeling or what's bothering you. Help me understand how you're looking at this situation. Because when you're asking for help to understand, that shows the other person that you are invested. You are committed to understand what's going on, to understand how they are feeling, to understand what their perspective might be. And when you come from that standpoint, help me understand, that's inviting them to tell you to really be open and honest. And back to what you were saying, some of the things that I, that I um, talk to my leadership clients for when I coach them or when I deliver training, I practice the love principle. And love, it stands for listen, understand, and validate. L-U-V, I call it the love principle. And it invokes, um, it requires you to demonstrate empathy by being able to listen to understand, 
right? And seek to understand and reflect on the thoughts and opinions of other people. That's that listening part and understanding part. Then the validating part is being able to not just repeat what they said back to you, but, but really say, you know, what my takeaway is, what I'm hearing from you is this, is that mm-hmm. correct? Now you, now you make sure that, that they are being heard by you being able to validate. So this three-step process is extremely effective. Um, I may not be saying things that are, that people may not be aware of, but people don't really understand the process. They, you know, some people can just assume like, yeah, yeah, I get it. We need to listen, understand. But when you're in the moment and your emotions are flying or you're not focused, if you don't do it the right way, you can make a bad situation worse. And those people, they will flee. They say, oh, my boss is a jerk. He, he or she does not get me, does not understand me, which is why I always bring them back to that love principle. Listen, understand, and validate. Audience, this is Danny. You heard it here first. Look, there's a lot of great wisdom out there in the market today, but sometimes we're so busy, we need someone to just break it down in some simple steps for us. And this applies to everything in life, not just at the work, even at home with your spouse, with your kids. Everybody wants to be in a position where they feel heard. Mm. And sometimes that will actually quash, squash a lot of stuff right there on the spot. I want to go back to giving our audience a little bit more tools that they can follow. Now, don't, don't, don't forget, look, all the tools we're going to give you today, all the insights, even the details that uh, Eric is breaking down with you, please support him and go get the book as well. But I want to go back to this three-step process you put in place right here called um, how to deal with difficult conversations. And when you need to deal with these difficult conversations, you need it to happen. And sometimes we just walk away. We don't want to deal with it. But you have a three-step process for working with jerks and dealing with this conflict. And the three steps are uh, assess the situation, yep, analyze the situation, and then act. That's so right. for our audience, look, it's the triple A. Right. Yep. Assess, analyze and act. Eric, can you help our audience with a little bit more insight on how you came up with these three steps and how we can apply it? Absolutely. Now, I don't want to be the dead, you know, be the dead horse, but this is exactly the process that I would have really liked to see Will Smith do. Right. If he would have done this, I think it would have really mitigated the whole situation here. So. The three-step process, assess, analyze, act. This is the three-step process to help you diffuse tense situations and mitigate conflict. And so the first step is assess the situation. That means your body signals when you're stressed. Your heart can beat fast. Your palms can be sweaty. You can stutter. Your, 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 um, your, uh, your eyebrows can furrow. You know, all those kind of things can... <laughs> exactly. Exactly, Danny. All those kind of things are signaling that your body's under stress, that you're feeling a certain way. So as soon as you're in tune with that, how your body's feeling, then you can say, all right, my heart's beating real fast. You know, maybe I'm about to confront someone on a sticky situation, or maybe I'm going to be asked to speak on a topic that I'm not too comfortable with, or maybe... You know, um, you know, someone's coming at me in a, in a certain way and I, I really don't know how to handle it. Once you associate why, what your body's telling you and why you're feeling that way, now it, you can do what Chris Rock did, which was, you know, you could take a step back. Yeah, exactly. You can take a step back. You can process it. You can weigh the, po- the pros and cons and take a more measured approach and act um, in the most thoughtful way. Now, let's be real here, David and Danny. Let's be real. How many times have any of us ever just 
skip step one and two and go to step three and act, right? Just smack somebody, the proverbial smack, or just cuss somebody out or just said something foul to their children or to their to their spouse, mm. right? Which is going on to step three. So that's why that, you know, being able to assess how you're feeling and what's causing you to feel that way before you act is so critical to um, prevent a bad situation from being a lot worse. Eric, this is David, and I'm, I'm glad you said that, and it's so true. We, we, when we do this sense of conflict avoidance, mm. it never gets better. And I think in some ways we have to ask ourselves, when we walk away, how does that benefit them? We might leave the situation, but they may end up being a jerk to the next guy. They may end up being worse to the next person. And so we have to ask ourselves, what else can we do to help alleviate this stress, to bring down this tension, to work it in a healthier environment, to make the change, as you said, from the top down, it's got to happen. Mm -hmm. So I want to ask you about the spirit of being right. I think for so many leaders, and what I've learned about leadership over the last few years, especially talking with leaders that believe in servant leadership, leaders that believe in the whole team, is not this top down model in the sense of I'm in charge. I'm always going to be the man that you have to cover everything with. If it's not my way, it's no way. Then you have leaders that are very flexible. And like you said earlier, when you create the right environment, then your people thrive. They're more productive. And when they're more productive, it actually benefits you. You're more profitable. So I've got to ask the spirit of, I have to be right. How often do you hear that in your training? And they may not say those words, but managers and, and leaders of the C-suite that come to you says, oh, but I'm always right. And, and, and yet you know, they just don't see my idea. They don't see it my way. That whole spirit, I have to be right. How do we get rid of that versus saying what's right? What's right for the organization? What's right for the team? What's right for the growth of the company? How do we change that spirit from I have to be to we have got to be? Great question, man. And then you know what? That ties back to my, 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 my fault in the beginning, my ego becoming my amigo. And so when you talk about I have to be right or I just need to explain where my, you know, my situation, where I'm coming from, that way you can understand what's going on. That's the wrong approach. When you're leading, when you're, when you're practicing servant leadership and you need to come up, you need to come from a standpoint of empathy. And when you do that, that means that you're seeking to reflect on the thoughts and opinions of other people and you're seeking to understand before you can be understood. That's got to happen first. You got to understand the first person before you can be understood. So when anyone says um, the proverbial, I have to be right, or they may say, um, well, let me just understand. Let me just help you understand my, my point of view that you're, 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 you're way too many steps ahead. You have to take a step back and understand. Help me understand your point of view, Danny. Let me help. Help me understand your point of view, David. All right. And then once you're able to do that, then you're starting to find some common ground because at the end of the day, it's not about you. It's about them. And a lot of times people think it's about you. And, you know, we talk about how to work with jerks. I don't want to go down too much of a rabbit hole, but sometimes people are jerks because they don't know any better, mm. right? Some people are aware that they're jerks and some people are unaware, meaning they don't have the techniques that they need. So a lot of times that's why I come in those situations. So sometimes when, when people genuinely say, well, I have to be right. It's because they really feel that way. It's not an ego thing. It's they just think that if you understand my way, then everything else will be good. Right. But they need to take a step back and understand what those skill sets are that need to, to build those relationships, which is why I come in and, and help them with that mindset change. That is amazing. This is Danny. And I love how you said 
at the very end, help them with the mindset change. When we think about as parents or as adults and we look at little kids and we look at them, we're like, oh my gosh, why did they just do what they did? It's because they didn't know any better. And sometimes my daughter will get embarrassed and just run away and hide about when she did something that was amazing. She doesn't know how to handle the emotion. She doesn't know mm. how should I act in a situation like this. Even some kids, when they get embarrassed, they just, they, they get angry and they yell at you. Mm-hmm. But it's not because they did anything wrong. They were just embarrassed. And then we think about the fact that we look at the kids and we just tell ourselves, oh my gosh, uh, why did they just do that? I, they don't know how to act. They don't know how to process that emotion. And what should their body look like? What should they think about the world looking at them when that just happened? Same thing as adults. We think just because we become adults that all of a sudden we know exactly why a person acts the way they do. No, right. sometimes something happens and you just react. And I think even what happened with Will Smith, a lot of emotions are happening. He looked at his wife. She gave him that look and he's like, I got to react <laughs> without even thinking about it. He just had to react. And so I believe wholeheartedly this is why HR, organization, HR leaders and organizations should be reaching out to trainers. To say, don't just come in and, and do sales training. Like people reach out to me all the time. Hey, come and do some sales training. Hmm. They reach out to Dave. Hey, come do some public speaking training. But what they tend to forget is come and do some heart-to-heart cultural training. Hmm. Come train our people on how to respond in tense situations and what they should do because we don't know. No one sat down to give us a class. Hey, Dan, if this happens, this is what you should do. They don't. So now all of a sudden, I'm under pressure. I'm in a crunch line. Yesterday was the 31st of March. I got to close out the book so I can go home to my daughter's birthday or whatever it means. I'm on a lot of stress. Hey, Danny, do you have those TPS reports? <laughs> I mean, I'm about to go off on you right now. Pick up this printer, throw it out the window, take a bat and start beating it. This is why they need you, Eric. So how do people find you so that they know that we should bring you in before conflicts happen in the future. Don't wait until after it happens, but how can people find you to bring you in now and why this is so important? We'll be right back after this short break. We want to thank our sponsor for today's episode, Paul Jackowitz of pauljackowitz.com. For all your website design and management needs, visit Paul Jackowitz. That's Paul J-A-C-K-I-E-W-I-C-Z.com. Are you projecting the right image to your market? Are you optimizing your name recognition and presence online? Elite Public Image is a leader in strategic communications and marketing solutions, ranging from public relations, brand communications, and content marketing strategy to social media and reputation management for businesses professionals, and VIPs of all types. Whether you're looking to develop a spectacular brand or need a brand refresh, look no further than Elite Public Image. Visit ElitePublicImage.com and let Elite put their experience to work for you. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. As a special thank you, we have an amazing offer for our listeners for a free consultation over the next two weeks. Visit our website and schedule your free 30-minute consultation. And now, let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to Twins Talk It Up podcast. So I'm, I'm very visible, especially on social media, but you can also access my website 
www.tailoredtrainingsolutions.com. Uh, hit me up on, on LinkedIn as well under Eric Williamson, and I'd be happy to have a free consultation, 15, 20 minute discussion to figure out, you know, what the situation is. Um, also, you know, check out my book that's online as well. If you want that roadmap to build those relationships, that's what's really going to help you out too. And like, like, like you were saying before, you want to, it's, it's a preventative measure. You want to be able to nip it in the bud before it happens. Once you're reading the tea leaves, once you're reading how things are starting to bubble and bubble and bubble, it's only a matter of time before it gets out of hand. And now you've got a whole other situation that you got to deal with. So if you contact me, you know, during, on my website or via LinkedIn, or you can shoot me an email at eWilliamson.TaylorTrainingSolutions.com. Be more than happy to talk through your situation and put you on a pathway to success so you can manage those relationships effectively. That's awesome. Thank you very much, Eric, for sharing your uh, contact information with our audience. I want to bring this up real quick about, um, you said something about seeing the signs. And I think a lot of times when we are like a horse and we have these blinders on, we can't see everything that's going around. We're just fo so focused on what we do. Mm -hmm. You know, that's fine if you want to accomplish something without anybody else. But if you're in the real world, you have to work with real people, real environment. Sometimes you need to be able to look at the whole room. And this is where the experience comes in, as we talked about before. When Chris Rock realized, okay, I'm at the Oscars. I can't act street. I can't act street right now. Go off on this sucker, right? He can't do that. He can't be like, I'm going to go off on this guy. He's like, I, I got people are watching me around the world. I got to put myself in a right situation, right mindset. And so we already all understand that. But one of the things I really love and I really appreciate when it comes to dealing relationships is, hey, you said this and it made me feel like that. Can you explain a little bit more about what you were feeling? Because sometimes people say things without thinking. And my response should be, hey, instead of attacking you, it could either be like Chris Rock, deflect it, move forward, or it could be more like, hey, you said this, it made me feel like this. What's really going on? Or what are you really trying to say? Would you, would you advise more people, not just adults and their kids or spouses with each other when they talk to would you advise more adults to just sit down and say to another person, hey, you said this, what are you really trying to say? I would absolutely advise that but i think you might have to even take a step back too because if when you come in when you come in from that standpoint right then and there i think some people they get defensive immediately they're like oh i wasn't prepared to have this conversation here like you know what, what is danny talking about like what did i do wrong you know what i mean and it doesn't really their mindset really may not be prepared to have that conversation yeah. so one of the things i recommend in addition to what you said is you know, say, hey, look, I'd like to talk to you about the situation that went down. Do you have a few minutes, a few moments to talk about it? All right. That way, that person is mentally prepared. All right. I don't know what's going to happen, but I know we're going to talk about this certain situation. And then they're in the proper mindset. They're in the proper headspace to be able to receive what you're going to say. And I think it might disarm them from being defensive or trying to justify why they did it in the first place. Eric, this is David, and I appreciate you saying that. That's a great um, point, some incredible insight. It is tough. That's why we were asking earlier, at least I brought up the, the question of leadership and having a sense of awareness. Mm -hmm. um, a couple of things that stood out to me, we talked about Chris's ability to step back and what you teach organizations at times in terms of leadership, how to step back and assess the situation and analyze it uh, before they act. I think that's so important for our listeners right here. And if you're listening to the Twins Talking to Program and you love what you're hearing, you're enjoying the content of our from our guests, 
make sure you, you have subscribed, make sure you're sharing this and consider becoming a sponsor of the program. Um, what I want to ask you is this, Chris, we, you know, we highlight a couple of things here. I want to touch on body language. And we talk about the microaggressions. That's one area that we don't often see is body language. And I want to also ask you about consistency. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be that person in the office where I say, hey, Sally, can you meet me in the office? Or, hey, Robert, can you meet me in the office? And they start thinking, oh, God, I'm going to the principal. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's the way you say it. You just go, I'm automatically in trouble. Or, or what did I do wrong? Or And they walk in like, what's up? So I mm -hmm. want to ask you about body language, how important that is for a leader to uh, avoid that that sense of uh, being aggressive, and then also this sense of consistency. I think the best thing you could do is if you have weekly meetings with your teams, if you have one-on-ones, keep them. Keep the format the same. I mean, it's healthy to talk about all the good and then talk about an area of improvement. There's there's all these strategies you could use. The worst thing you could do is not be consistent, and then when you call them to the principal's office, they know they're in trouble. So can you talk about body language and how important that is, and then also – uh, the spirit of consistency and why we need it to avoid setting our people up, quote unquote, for that conversation. Absolutely. And David, as a professional um, speaker, you know, I, I know you you are, I, I know you, this is like your wheelhouse. So, you know, I'm going to leave it up to you to, to, to correct me if I say something that's, that's out of line here. But um, first of all, body language is extremely important. And as you know, David um, and Danny too, that it accounts for over half of how we understand each other. It is the most important thing that you can demonstrate when you're communicating. That's how we communicate. People pay attention more of what you don't say versus what you do say. So that means your body language has to align with the words that are coming out of your mouth in addition to your tone of voice as well. And if there's a mismatch, you're gonna send mixed signals. And so it's going to cause a lot of heartache, a lot of confusion, a lot of stress if you don't have it lined up. And so that's why you're having your body language match with what you're trying with your message is extremely important and as far as consistency you know I, I i think i mentioned that about if you're conveying that if you're conveying good news you want that body language to to, to match that um if it's something and vice versa if it's you know bad news you want to make sure that your body language is conveying that too because you don't want someone to think that they're getting a promotion when they're you know getting laid off you know what i'm saying like, like you definitely don't want that to happen and that's a big part of why there's so much confusion in the workplace because we haven't mastered that kind of body language. Um, and some of the ways that you can do that is really understand, put yourself in your in, in your shoes. You know what I mean? If if someone, if you're communicating, if you're the person that's going to be um, talked to, how would you want to see that? How would you want to see that play out? So that's extremely important to have that body language match up with um with with what with the message that you're trying to send. Thank you, Eric. Uh, I do appreciate it. It's true. Body language is so important. I believe the research has said it's 55%. But the truth is, you could say all the right things, but if you look like you're angry, you look like you're about to attack me, uh, that actually conveys a stronger message. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people joke about this, that if if that was The Rock or somebody up there that was uh, a stronger bodybuilder made that joke with Will Smith have gotten up. He might have, okay? <laughs> he might have. He might have thought that Ali spirit would have come back and who knows? But the point of the matter is, is that there are all sorts of challenges in our workplaces. There are toxic environments. There are challenges that are there, but Eric helps our audience and he's also helping you through his book and his training to understand how to change that corporate culture, how to change those situations, how to handle them differently. His three-step process of assessing, analyzing, then acting are what's gonna help you. 
understanding how to have empathy when you speak, asking the questions, including help me understand is so disarming. It's so inviting and it's welcoming of where that person is. You don't know what they've been through. You don't know what they're struggling with. But when you disarm, when you start from the position of empathy, when you start from a position of trying to understand that it actually brings down the tension, it opens up dialogue, and we're able to create a healthy foundation going forward. So I want to thank Eric for joining us today. I want to thank him for his thoughts on Will Smith and and what happened with Chris Rock. And we're going to probably be talking about it for the next few years and many, many years. And, and I will say this. We have to process the reality of what's going on. We have to understand why it's so important. And think that his book, if you want to find it, is not hard to find. You can get it on Amazon. You can go to the bookstore. You can get it on his website. How to Work with Jerks, Getting Stuff Done with People You Can't Stand. Eric, I want to thank you for joining Twins Talk It Up. Thank you for sharing your thoughts with us today. Thank you for your partnership. And I look forward to doing more and more work together. Eric, thank you again. Thanks so much for having me. Used to are awesome. This was fun. This was a lot of fun. Hope we can do it again in the future, man. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. Please subscribe and follow us on Instagram at DSP Leadership and visit us online at dspleadershipgroup.com to learn more about our workshops and trainings. We will see you on the next episode of the Twins Talk It Up podcast.